Hello everyone and welcome back to the True North Podcast. I'm your host, Benedict Rhodes. Today we're joined by a special guest, Emma Woods of the Isabel Cup champion, Toronto Six. After an impressive NCAA career, Emma has played hockey professionally both overseas and more recently here at home in Canada with the Toronto Six. She's been with the team since its inaugural season and recently signed a new contract with the club to keep her in Toronto for the 2023-24 season. We dive into a lot in today's show, including her career, the evolution of the Toronto Six, and the future of professional women's hockey. Sit back, relax, and please enjoy my conversation with Emma Woods. I'm very pleased now to be joined by Emma Woods of, of the Toronto Six. Emma, thanks for taking the time to speak to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, I guess we'll start with the, the big news, and, and that's the fact that you know this week you, you signed a new contract to, to remain with Toronto for the upcoming season. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, how excited are you to get that over the line and, and get back for another season? Yeah, obviously I'm very excited. I'm, you know, going to year four with the organization and I'm, you know, extremely grateful to, to be a part of the Toronto Six. Um, you know, I have a lot of pride in this organization and, you know, at the end of the day, this is where I want to be. Um, this is where I want to be playing. And, you know, it feels like home to me. Um, of course, you know, I'm from the area, all my family and friends are able to come to the game. So, I'm happy to be re-signed um, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to the season. And coming off a big year, of course, you know, winning the Isabel Cup and and I believe a, a career high in points for yourself personally as well. Another uh, few months removed, I guess, from the season. How do you kind of look back on that final and, and the championship season that was? Yeah, obviously it's a great season. There's always going to be a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a pretty short season. So every game matters. And I think, you know, we had the depth and, and the maturity and the leadership, um, you know, all the way through our lineup to get that done. And, you know, we, we knew Connecticut was going to be a tough matchup in the semis. And obviously we went to game three and a couple of really tight games. Um, but, you know, we pulled through and then, you know, the exciting one game finale uh, against Minnesota right in overtime too. So, you know, it was exciting right to the very end. Um, a lot of nerves and everything, but, you know, at the end of the day, we were able to get it done and we brought, you know, the Isabel Cup home for the first time. So, pretty exciting season and I think it's a big milestone um, for this organization and I think it's something that you know we can continue to build off of um, going into next season. You mentioned of course the overtime victory you know when that when that happened what was going through your mind what were some of the emotions? I think I had just gotten on the ice off the ice so I didn't even actually see the goal go in I just like saw everyone freak out and obviously you don't even you don't even know, I don't even know how I reacted I don't even remember that moment but obviously you're just extremely excited and you're hard to explain, you know, how good it's going to feel until it happens. And, you know, I think that's a feeling that's going to stick with us. And it's something that, you know, is going to drive us into next season for sure. And I touched on a couple of them there, but what were some of the other standout moments, I guess, from, from the entire season as opposed to, to just the final? Uh, I think it's just, you know, a couple of big games, you know, obviously the semifinals. There's a lot of things we took from that. And you know, I think there's just a couple, you know, little moments and games you can point to throughout the season that, you know, little things in the locker room that kind of stick with you. And I think it's something that brings the group together. Um, you know, obviously we had a ton of depth and we had so many players and people that were able to contribute um, on the ice for us this year. And I think that made the biggest difference. Um, and then obviously, you know, we had Carly Jackson and Elaine Chuli who was just lights out for us all year. I mean, she kept us in so many games. Um, you know, truthfully, we only had, I don't even know if we had any perfect games this year. You know, you're going to have the ups and downs throughout the game and truly kept us in it and she gave us a chance to win um, every game all season. So, um, you know, it's hard to touch on one or two things, but I think it's, you know, all those small things that make a difference and it's really helps build a, a championship team. So, 
And uh, you know, Toronto is obviously an ambitious organization. You know, coming off off the title, of course. Uh, what are some of the aims and expectations, I guess, going into next season? Yeah, I think we set the expectation. You know, obviously the the league continues to grow and teams' rosters start to look a little different year after year. You know, new recruits coming in, um, players making the switch from one team to the next. Like, you know, every team's going to be strong. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, I think you know it's going to be tough, but I think. I think we're looking good too. You know, I mean, I can't speak to, you know, who's all been signed on our team yet, but I, I know we're going to be a good squad. I think um, we're obviously going to be a contender, I think for the cup again next year. And I, and I strongly believe that, um, you know, I think winning that as well cup is kind of a monkey off the back for us. You know, we were contenders since day one and I think to finally get it done, it's kind of a weight off our backs and something that I think will motivate us, but also, you know, just give us the confidence to continue to play our game and, and know that we can, we can win this. And and of the publicly announced players so far, I believe there's 12 of them that have been announced so far. Uh, Many of them are returning from last season, of course. How important is it to kind of keep that core together, I guess, for another season? Yeah, of course it is. You know, there's a reason, I think, why this team has been able to grow and, and, you know, eventually we're able to win a championship because you kind of keep a core group together. You know, we want to continue to develop this culture here in Toronto. Um, You know, we've I think we've honestly had a pretty strong culture since day one. And I think in order to continue building the program, you have to keep that around. And I think you know, you can always sign new players and that's great. And obviously those are things we're going to do because it adds, you know, different talent and, you know, diversity to the team. And that's what you need year after year. But I think it is important to have returning players too, to continue to build that foundation and, and the culture within the program. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you've been here since, since day one, all the way since you know, the Lake Placid bubble. Uh, how have you seen the, the team evolve and the organization evolve, I guess, since that first season to, to the current day? Yeah, I think, you notice just new talent coming into the league. Um, I think the depth, you know, we've always had a great team. Don't get me wrong. Like every single year I, I've believed in this group and I think, but I truly do believe like year after year, we continue to get stronger um, from top to bottom. And um, yeah, I think just the whole culture around the team, you know, our fan base is amazing. You know, I think we were close to selling out every game last year, like the co- the environment um, and the atmosphere that we're able to play in every year. And that, that adds, that's a huge part of why I think we do, you know, have success because that, that drives us as players. It's a fun environment to play in front of. And then, you know, also we have great sponsors and people that are backing us and supporting us. Um, and that's continuing to grow each year too. So those, you know, it's obviously about, you know, the roster and the players and, you know, the coaches, all these things, but I think it's also all those people that are supporting us, you know, outside of being on the ice that it does make a big difference um, within an organization. And uh, I mentioned the Lake Placid bubble and, and you know, playing for an expansion team. And I believe you assisted the first goal as well. What were some of the standout memories, I guess, from what was a pretty unique situation? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it was interesting going into the bubble year one. A um, little uh, different, but I guess, you know, at that time, we were just lucky to be playing hockey when COVID was, you know, at, at its forefront. So, um, yeah, I have definitely good memories. That was a great group. You know, we had so much fun that year. And I think that is just such a pivotal moment for us because you know you don't I mean we had high expectations don't get me wrong we had a great group we, we knew we were going to be you know near the top because we just had that confidence in our group and it was instilled in us but you know coming in new to the league you don't you know other teams they want to they have your number and you know I mean all these things and I think that the fact that we were able to make a, a stamp in year one and um it, it was something that I think that this team has just grown off of but we have some great memories from that first year and I think each year um after that it's just a continuation of that that first year. And how important was it in the bubble, you know, to to have fun? Like you mentioned, you know, it's a pretty stressful time in the world. And I remember all the time, you know, Taylor Swift's dance videos and stuff coming out. Like you guys seem to have a lot of fun in, in what was a, an interesting situation. 
Yeah, I think it was just the group that, you know, our, our coaches and management were able to put together. We had great coaches and uh, I don't know if you know Digit Murphy, but she's always able to bring light into situations. And I think, you know, I mean, that was a, it was a hard time in, in the world during that time. You know, she made sure, you know, we had fun and obviously we were all super grateful to be playing at that time. But, you know, we took it seriously, but she also brought that light and, you know, all the dance moves. You know, we had players like Julie Allen, Greco and Meg and all these people that, you know, we just had a blast. And I think it was just the right group uh, for that season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good memory for sure. And, uh, coming back to, to the current day, I guess, of the Toronto Six, you know, some, some hockey legends working for the Toronto Six, you know, Angela James, Geraldine Heaney, some players had some all right careers, I guess, you know, not Hall of Famers. Uh, what's it like working with those two day in and day out? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's great. They're just role models in this sport and they've, they're pioneers and, you know, there's someone that, you know, we look up to as players, but you know, they're, they're leaders for us now. And, you know, they're a big part of where this organization is going. Um, especially having them around. It's just fun to learn from them. And, you know, they're a huge part of this organization. And, uh, you know, you've had some other, you know, unique situations in your career, you know, like playing in the CWHL for a team based in, in China, for example. What was that kind of experience like, you know, playing in a Canadian league for a team based on the other side of the world, essentially? Yeah, it was definitely a unique experience. I mean, you know, we were brought over there to, to be professional hockey players, but also sport ambassadors. And we were, you know, we were helping to grow the game in China and raise awareness for the game of ice hockey for female athletes in China. And, you know, I got to play alongside the national players. So it was a, it was a great cultural experience for me. Um, you know, obviously I was playing at that time and what I was considered the best league for women to play in as well. Obviously it was a ton of travel and it was a little unorthodox the way we did it, but um, you know, we were playing great hockey and, you know, I, I have memories and experiences that I, you know, I really would not change trade for anything. So yeah, it was fun. I did that for two years and uh, I would have never even expected to visit China, let alone play hockey professionally for two years in China. So it was a great experience and I'm grateful for um, all the people I met and the people that, you know, got me there in the first place. So. And uh, worse with the off-ice experiences, like, you know, being in a, in a new country, I guess, and, and you know, like you said, a, a place you maybe didn't expect you'd ever be. Yeah, the language, the food, everything is just so different. You know, you kind of just learn a, a new you kind of just kind of fully just dove into a new culture. You know, obviously we had teammates and staff that were Chinese and they, you know, kind of showed us the ropes a bit. So, you know, whether it was eating duck tongue or going to a Russian ball, or I don't even know, we were on like wipeout China. Like there's things that you can't even make up that, you know, we did. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. And uh, before going pro, you know, you had a, a successful career at Quinnipiac University where you played with some some future Toronto Six teammates as well. Uh, how did maybe the NCAA level prepare you for playing at the professional level? Yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, prepared me. Um, Quinnipiac's an, an unreal organization and program. Um, it's so professional. You know, we're treated as pros when we're there. And it's crazy to think, you know, you're so young, you're like 17 to 21 or 22. I don't even know, but there's such a high expectation um, on you as an athlete and a, and a student. And there's no doubt in my mind that that prepared us to be, you know, the professionals that we are, um, you know, Cass Turner, she's just like such a mentor and leader and someone that, you know, I look up to and she had a huge impact on my career, um, not just as a player and an athlete, but as a person. And, you know, I think everyone from Quinnipiac would say the same. And I think that's just, it speaks to the uh, NCAA Division One, you know, programs all throughout, you know, the, the country because they've all continued to grow. And the hockey is obviously amazing. You know, they have top tier coaches and, 
and they have top tier support and, you know, the athletes get treated like professionals. And I think it, it really is a huge and great stepping stone for, you know, any female hockey player. And how about, you know, like off the ice and things like balancing school and, and, and playing and, and, you know, social life and all that kind of thing. Like how, how did balancing that, uh, I guess, help you in, in your career as well? Yeah, obviously it's a, it's a huge workload when you think about you know, the 40 plus hours of schoolwork, plus all the, you know, practicing every day, you're on the road, you're playing on the weekends. It's, you don't really have a break. Yeah, I think maybe one part day off, but you're doing homework on that day. So I think you just dive into it, you know, in the moment it's obviously it's a grind and it's hard and all these things, but you have all the support, you know, all your best friends are doing the same thing, all your teammates, you know? So in the moment you don't really think of it too much. You kind of just do it. You put your head down, you do it, you know what I mean? But when you remove yourself from it, you realize like how much you learn from that and how much you can grow from something like that. Um, it's a huge workload and obviously it really does translate into, into, you know, our professional careers and playing and, you know, maybe balancing another full-time job some girls have to do on the side or whether it's part-time, you know, you balance then friends and family, all these things, right. While trying to be professional and travel and play on the weekends and practice. And, you know, it's a lot being a professional women's player at this, you know, at this day and age. And obviously I'm grateful it continues to grow, but I think, you know, we've learned a lot and it's really helped us along the way. Yeah, you mentioned it, it continues to grow. Uh, how have you maybe seen the professional game evolve since you started playing to now? Like, for example, now for the Toronto Six, we're starting to see players offered, you know, six-figure salaries, for example, or, you know, become full-time hockey players. And how, how exciting is that? And and how much room still is there to grow? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's grown pretty much in every way since, you know, I started my pro career, um, you know, from the salary cap um, to, you know, when I was in college, you don't even, you didn't even really think about pro hockey. You were just like, Hey, I'm done school. You know, what am I going to do next? You didn't even think hockey. I mean, I was fortunate to go to China and the CWHL was starting to get some, its legs under it and all those things. But now it's, it's, you know, girls are graduating and it's like, they're not even thinking about being done playing. Right. Unless of course, you know, they're ready to be done, but it's such a, it's taken such a big, um, jump and, it's something that people, little girls can dream of doing now. It's, you know, you're just dreaming of playing in NCAA or the Olympics. It's like you can dream of being a professional hockey player and, and actually making a living. And, um, you know, from facilities to sponsorship, support, ownership, management, like resources. And then, of course, like pay. It's just like it's grown in every aspect in such a short period of time. And it's really um, it's really exciting to be a part of it all. And, and how much of that as well do you put down to, you know, the national teams being so successful, of course, you know, like having someone like a Marie-Philippe Poulin, for example, or, or like the national teams are winning gold medals at the Olympics and, and they're getting on TV, for example. How big is, is that exposure as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, any exposure, I think, for this game is is important. And, you know, those girls are obviously big faces in the game of women's hockey. And, you know, we have such a successful program, you know, that you, Canada and the U.S. And, you know, those are, those are you know, idols for a lot of young girls and obviously that's a huge thing and you know that's going to continue to be huge and it's going to continue to be important in the growing of the pro sport as well right and you know I think it's just I think the cool part is it's not just about that now it's also like about a pro league and it's I think about it's cool that we're able to have both just like the men do you know it's like dream playing the NHL you can also dream being an Olympic team and it's not one or the other it's you know both and I think that's the coolest part. And and one topic that that never seems to go away, unfortunately, we're talking about you know women's professional hockey is you know the PHF and the PWHPA and, and there's other sort of two leagues at the moment. Uh, how or what are your kind of theories, I guess, about your opinions? I mean, on the thoughts of a, of a merger or having two different leagues and, and the need to pull in one direction. Yeah, of course, that's what we all want. You know, I think we're all growing the game, and right now, there's no doubt in my mind that every player has the right. Um, thing in mind we're all trying to grow the game we're all trying to make this better we're all trying to you know 
create more awareness around it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, it's what we all want to merge and become one entity and, you know, have all the best players in the world playing in one league. Um, that's obviously the next step for women's hockey. There's no doubt. I don't know when that's going to be, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, but, um, I think for now, everyone, you know, put your head down and continue to do what you do. And hopefully, you know, we can all start to influence and, and be a part of, um, that next step. And uh, what else do you think maybe needs to happen to, for women's hockey to, to continue to grow? Is there anything else besides just a, a merger or do you think there's more that needs to be done? I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Of course, if you want to just get those, like, I mean, I think both leagues right now have is great sponsorships and ownership and, but I think, you know, to get more of those things, like there's always gonna be more sponsors and investors and all these things. But I think, you know, until we kind of merge into one, I don't know, you know, how much more we can grow as, as single entities and, um, but I, I'm really proud of what the PHF has done. I'm so, you know, grateful and proud to be a part of this organization how much, or this league and how much we've grown. And, you know, I'm sure the girls in the PWHPA feel the same way. And I think that's really special. But um, at the end of the day, you know, you want to be playing against, you want to have one group, you know, you don't want to be battling against each other. I think we want to be a part of one thing. And I think it's just continuing to grow the leagues, you know, elevate the players, elevate the teams, you know, but create more awareness throughout the communities and, um, really throughout the world too and about those things and I think I think we'll get there and how excited is it now going up into the next PHF season you know we're starting to see like I mentioned some players on bigger salaries but also some players who play on international teams you know starting to come come into North America and, and play in this league yeah it's great I mean it's clear that the league's taking just another step next year and obviously that's in part due to the salary cap increase you know it does make the league more attractive it's going to attract you know more top talent and that is such a big step and important step for this league um so i'm i'm excited to see how the teams are going to shape up next year it's going to be a great season it's going to be obviously extremely competitive and um i'm excited and uh while i was researching for this i came across something that said you know you played tons of sports growing up and like multiple sports how uh how is how to play multiple sports impacts your hockey abilities how did you know you, you pull things get from different sports and, and apply them to hockey yeah i think just, um, I mean, I think just being an athlete, I think, you know, hockey is one of those sports. It's just not just how you can throw a ball or how you can shoot a puck. It's so many things, you know, balance, coordination, you know, I mean, you can go on and on, you know, the game. Um, I think I'm a, I'm a, you know, well-rounded athlete. And I think that just helped me, I think with my hockey, I don't, you know, I don't know how directly it maybe impacted it, but I'm sure it did. And, you know, my whole life, I grew up just playing different sports in the summers as a kid, I, didn't touch the ice. I was playing soccer, baseball, you know, whatever it is, every high school sport you could think of. And um, I think it gave me even more of an appreciation for hockey because I, I had such a love for it and I, I love all sports, but I think it really made me, you know, as a kid, like I loved hockey and I couldn't wait for hockey season. You know what I mean? I never got sick of it because I had other things going on and I don't know. I think it's important for kids to play other sports. I think it is. And it's crazy now though. Like a lot of kids are just playing hockey all year round. Cause I mean, obviously the skill aspect of the game is continuing to grow and it's all these things that you want to stay on the ice and, you know, whatever, and continue to be competitive. But um, yeah, I mean, I played every sport growing up. <laughs> Still like to. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, you know, you mentioned you know, being able to skate all year round, obviously it's at a professional level, of course, you kind of expect to do that. So uh, what is your, what does your off season look like? What are your sort of plans, I guess, leading up into the, the season starting again? Yeah, I'm obviously on the ice, training, off the ice. Um, you know, there's a lot of places in the city you can skate, and I have a lot of good support around me and people that, you know, I'm working with. So, um, yeah, I'm obviously training on ice, off ice every week. It's 
almost full-time gig here. So um, I'm, you know, preparing for next season and I want to have a great season. So I want to win another cup. <laughs> um, uh, before we end the show, you know, we'll do a, a staple here on the podcast and that's a, a rapid fire round to sort of finish things off. Uh, five questions for you. Um, All right. Hey, ready to go? Yep. Awesome. First one is uh, who were some of your favorite hockey players growing up? Uh, Jerome Ginla, Crosby, Megan Agosta. Not a bad group. <laughs> um, what's your go-to show or movie if you're just gonna sit, sit, sit at home and and put something on? Uh, I mean, recency bias, but Ted Lasso. That's a good one too. Uh, bucket list vacation. Ooh, um, it's a tough one. Japan or Hawaii? Uh, some athletes have pregame rituals. Uh, do you have any? And, and if so, what are they? Uh, yeah, I definitely have routine. I think I just, you know, timing of when I do my things. I have this like weird stick that we learned about and call it, we call it an activation stick, but it's just more or less like something you use to get your body ready. And I don't know, it's just little weird things. I mean, the way you get dressed, the way you, the timing you tape your stick. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. It's like a two and a half hour process, but I'm not like super OCD, but I definitely have my routine and mentally I pretty much stick to the same thing every time. Uh, what's the strangest pregame ritual you've seen? Um, hmm. I don't know. Brie Wilson Bennett has to be like fully dressed before the 60 minute clock hits. She just likes to be in her gear because if something feels off, she needs like an hour to like fix it. It's, I don't know. It's funny, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like having to started getting dressed and she's like fully dressed. Um, and, and last one, if you take any current player in the world and add them to the six, who do you want to be on a line with? Hmm. Oh, that's tough. I like my teammates. Anyone in the Toronto Six? I like my group. I don't know. I like it. Back in the teammates. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Emma, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks so much for taking the time and good luck with the rest of your offseason. I appreciate it. Thanks, Benedict. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Emma for joining the show, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to check out past episodes of the show as well, including conversations with Stephen Brunt, Devin Haru, Byron McDonald, and so much more. If you enjoyed this show and want to be the first person to listen to future episodes and read all of my written content, subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts or at truenorthsports.substack.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at truenorth underscore sport, and on Instagram and TikTok, at truenorthsport. I've been your host, Benedict Rhodes. Thank you so much for listening.